You know, we're living in a season where fear has been pretty rampant. Anxiety has been pretty high. I'd say 2020 has just been one of those years where fear has been a ruler over this year. And so I, I want to open our, our text this morning, our opening text, with Revelation 1.17. It said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, fear not, because I am the first and the last. Oh, I'm thankful for that. Yes, thank the Lord. You know, I have some good news. 2020 is almost over. But I have some bad news because 2020 is almost over. You know, there's a part, part of me that says I, I really hope that 2021 is a better year. I got, I got some faith that that's going to be the, the uh, occurrence, hopefully. You know, and I, I was thinking about this morning, I thought 2020 is kind of summed up like this to me. It's a quote from Charles Dickens' The Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Because we had a strong Bible quizzing team that I believe would have made it to nationals, and they probably would have placed. And, and we can take a victory in the fact that our children learned the Word of God. But their season was canceled. And we were on track to have a lot of events this year. Events that were going to reach our community. But they were canceled. And we were on track to have a strong list of guest speakers that were going to come, and they were going to come minister to us, but COVID took them away from us. They weren't able to make it, but today we're blessed by Brother Hobson to be here to minister to us this morning. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, that I do not want 2020 to repeat itself, and I, I don't want anything to be packed into it anymore either. But we have definitely suffered with loss and with grief. We've lost loved ones, ministers throughout our faith, great men and women of God in the, in the local sanctuaries. And just in our local church, we've had long-standing members who have moved away. And every move is a bittersweet move. It leaves a hole in our heart. And with these losses, we can begin to wonder and fear. Fear of what's going to happen and who is going to take up the mantle of these men and women of faith. Are, are those seats that those, those people moved away from, are they going to be filled? Are we going to see somebody come up and take their place? You know, fear has been the thing that our society has been ruled by this year. And everything has been governed in fear and anxiety. You know, for some of us, we've lost our job or we've had our hours cut back. And so you've, you've had times of wanting. You've wanted You've said, am I going to have enough money to pay my rent or my mortgage payment? Or am I even going to have enough gas money to get to work this week? And for some of us, we've had times of extreme isolation and loneliness. You have been discouraged and down, wanting just someone to talk to and someone to listen to you talk. And there are those of you who have been considered essential workers. You've, you've worked more than you've ever worked. Perhaps you're... you're bordering fatigue and burnout. And then there are those that have been mandated to work from home. A change of environment has been stressful. And maybe you've had the worst 
possible case of cabin fever you've ever experienced. Then there are those that carry the title of a pastor, evangelist, teacher, and those that are in the ministry. And this might have been the hardest year you've ever experienced. Okay, the musicians can come. I'm joking. I mean, that would be 2020 in a nutshell, though. So where is God in all of this? I ask that question, where is God in all of this? Well, the psalmist reminds us in Psalms 118, he said, it is better to trust in the Lord than put our confidence in man. You know, a doctor can diagnose you. He can can go and he can practice medicine and help you get better. A counselor can counsel you and help you get through the trauma and cope with addictions. A soldier worker can remove a child from an abusive home, help someone with financial issues and get it straightened out. They can place foster children with loving parents. And all these things are needed. In fact, I would say that they're an answer to somebody's prayers. And they're important, but the, the problem is they rely on humanity. But the Lord can fix and heal a home. He can fix a marriage and heal the marriage. He can heal you and he can make you whole and he can take away your addiction and give you peace that passes all understanding. You know, I would rather put my trust in him than a doctor, counselor, or social worker for my help. My soul is blessed that I have this word of God. Because I can stand on this word of God. There's no cracks. There's no damage to this word. It's faithful. It's continual. I don't have to put my trust in this world's economy or this world politics or who the president is because I know the one who is true living God and his name is Jesus you know and as bad as things seem I don't want to paint a a, a rosy picture and I, I know I already haven't because they're bad but our Lord and Savior gave us some insight through scripture of what to expect and he left it in the prophetic voices of men like Daniel And so we don't have to be confused by the times we're living in. We just have to turn our gaze upon the word of God to look for that meaning. You know, the Lord visited Daniel in chapter 8 and he said, I am here to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath. What you have seen pertains to the very end of time. Later, he would tell him about that old serpent, Lucifer. He'd say, he will, in Daniel 11, he said, He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. But the people who know their God will be strong and will resist Him. One of the biggest problems that we, we have is that we try to vilify the devil. And I don't mean to say that he shouldn't be vilified. But we can't forget that he came as an angel of light. That he has the possibility to say the word, speak the word, and to profess God. But he just twists things. And and the scripture describes him as a ravenous wolf in sheep's clothing. And so he tempted Jesus in the wilderness using that word of God. So our enemy, who we would be unwise to underestimate, has planned for this day, for you and me, how he would sift us as wheat. I I, I, I recall the story of Simon Peter. When he went to Simon Peter, he said, The enemy has sought for your soul, that he would sift you as wheat. You know, the sifting of wheat is a process that takes the wheat and it separates the parts of the wheat. And it gets rid of the not useful parts. And and really, the devil wants to separate us from God. 
So those distractions that you allow into your life are, are really just attempts for the enemy who seeks to separate you from the one and only one who can save you. That's why Jesus went on to tell Simon Peter. He said, I have prayed for you so that when you repent, you can strengthen your brothers. Now that, that repent, that strengthening of the brothers came after denying ever knowing Jesus. So Peter had failed. And Peter had to repent because of fear. Because it was fear that caused Peter to deny knowing Jesus. He feared death. He feared the fact that everything he had planned for wasn't going to happen the way he had hoped it would. I think we can relate to that this morning. We've had some plans this year that just did not happen the way we wanted them to. And and fear could have sunk into our spirits. But you know... It was mind-numbing fear that overtook Peter. And it was also followed by overwhelming grief once he heard that rooster crow. The spirit of fear is capable of causing you to deny everything that you have ever stood for and driving the strongest man and woman of God to their knees. That's why it's important to heed the words of the psalmist in Psalm 1. He said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know, Paul encouraged the church in Rome, in Romans 8, 28, he said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. These words of Paul should be a reminder that through everything, even our own bad choices, these words reign true. This refers to all things, not some things, but all things. So yes, even your bad decisions can be used for the good. You know, if you consider Peter's moment of weakness and fear, it was, I would say, the propellant that arguably was what made him realize it would never be his own strength or determination, but the grace that was afforded him on Calvary. It was truly unwarranted love from his Savior that would keep him the rest Of his days until his own personal martyrdom. And we can draw strength from Peter's experience. Because like Peter we are made strong in our weakness. That through all the experience it is God that gives us the power to move on. And go through those valleys. And although there might be seasons of anxiety and fear. We cannot allow fear to rule us. Paul understood what it meant to have fear surrounding him. But to not give in to it. Because he was treated harshly. He was flogged, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, hated, scoffed at, ridiculed, and perhaps even an outcast amongst his own Christians. So who knows what else he had to go through for this gospel message. But I'm encouraged because Paul says this to Timothy. Even through all those experiences, Paul still encourages his young disciple. 
And he tells him in 2 Timothy, he says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I ask a question this morning. Will we be able to look around and say those words that Paul spoke about our own lives? Am I able to say, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up or give in. Don't find yourself like those foolish virgins who allowed their oil to run out. Because there is a temptation to get relaxed in isolation and loneliness. To turn your attention to the world. But it is not time to give up, give in, or quit. (laughs) Psalms 35, chapter 30, verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Thankful for that. That should be a great comfort to us. That although maybe during this year we've had some doubts, we've had some fears and sorrow and loneliness, and even become a a little too relaxed in our spiritual disciplines, that we are found, we're not found in condemnation. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that you're not worth it. Or that you're, you've failed too many times. Or that fear is taking you over and you can't overcome that fear. Don't let them say that to you. Don't let them talk that lie into your ear. Don't let them do it. Because I take comfort that God gives us joy. And there's a promise that these things are going to turn around. So if nothing else, we have the promise, though, that we'll see those that we've lost this year on the other side, in the presence of a king. How amazing will that be to be able to walk those streets with those that we love? I just want to say, for anyone that has faced the spirit of fear this year, it's not who you are. It's not your identity. 2 Timothy tells us, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So as this day grows increasingly wicked, then it stands to reason that we will face persecution. For our beliefs and scoffers scoffing will turn to hate. You'll face individuals who will be against everything that you believe. And they're going to desire to take your convictions and turn them on you. But it will be important for us in that moment to remind ourselves that it is God who gives us love, power, and self-discipline to overcome these things. You know, this 2020 season has not been about what you can do or what you can endure. It has been about how close will you get to God? How close will you get to His Word? And how close will you have your relationship grow with Him? We could say, well, I was alone and nobody knew. But the truth is, God knows all things. He's with you. He sees you. 
You're not alone and isolated. All those that are listening online, I want you to, to know that you are not alone. We are here with you. If you have at any moment felt like you needed somebody to talk to, call somebody in the church. Rely on the brothers and sisters of your faith. I'm closing. The musicians can come. This time I'm serious. <laughs> I pose this question. Will you allow him to be God? Will you allow him to be the God that he wants to be in your life? Because he wants to show us his power. He wants to perform and show us his miraculous nature. You know, we have a witness in this world. And God wants us to proclaim his word and proclaim him. But the thing is, there's a key to this, and it's holiness. Holiness is one of the key components to the supernatural. If we make holiness and separation from this world our lifestyle, then we will see the words of the gospel of Mark happen in our local assembly. Because Mark says this in chapter 16, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So I say this, it will get worse before our Lord's return. But where there is darkness, that is where the light shines the brightest. Have your mind made up. I want you to make your decision today. When you approach an altar today, make that decision that I'm not going to give in or give up. Because I'm going to say this, religious persecution will come. It will. In fact, the question isn't if it will come, it's when will it come. It might not be in our lifetime, but Jesus told his disciples that we are going to face hard times. Matthew 24 told us, then they will hand you over to persecution and they're going to kill you. And you will be hated by all the nations because of my name. And then many will be led into sin and will betray one another and will hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, this person will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in the whole inhabited earth for a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. You know, the church in Jerusalem was just getting good. Things seemed to be on track. And then, what seems like the greatest thing that ever happened to the church, persecution came. You can see in the books of Acts that it was then that things began to catch on fire. The more they hurt them, the more they did against them, the more it spread. And these seeds of of revival for any our birth and hardship, and a revelation that this place we call earth is not our home. This gospel message survived the Roman Empire during a time that it was punishable by death to proclaim the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There have been Marxist movements that have stood against the good news, proclaiming that it is mind control for the masses, yet it prevails and it sets men and women free. And there are communist countries who would do everything they can to snuff out the gospel message, to silence it. Yet the more they try, the louder it gets. 
the more it spreads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it has the power to turn an atheist heart of stone into a soft heart of love. And that is because the more you press it, the more you try to kill it, the more you try to burn it or speak hate against it, the more it goes because nothing can stop what God has started. And if God is before us, then who can be against us? Praise the Lord. This confidence I've seen the faithfulness of God, the seal inside the storm, the promise of the shore, and I trust the power of your word enough to seek your kingdom first. Beyond the barren place, beyond the ocean waves. When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. promises you made. There isn't one that is the lane. So I will not lose heart. Here I will live my arms. And start to sing into the night. My praise will call the sun to rise. Declare Beyond the barren 
Singing along with the saints and 
Singing. 